handle the truth. Should we or should we not follow the advice of the galactically stupid? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You know why? You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. Clearly, don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. of the Righteous Brick Podcast. I'm your host, J.L. Covan, but you already know that probably. Well, 99.9% of you probably know that. The other ones, welcome to the show. Um, this is the second edition of the podcast from Amtrak. I am currently traversing beautiful Colorado. I've taken a shit ton, I think is the technical term for the amount of photos. I, yeah, I didn't take photography classes, but I believe shit ton is the proper technical term for the amount of photos I've taken already on this trip from Salt Lake City to Chicago and then Chicago to Pittsburgh and then Pittsburgh to New York. So uh, I left Salt Lake City at 3.30 in the morning today. I had already gotten a robust three hours of sleep, but then I got another 90 minutes of sleep in my cozy little room. So I'm running on, uh, you know, four and a half hours of powerful sleep. So I'm uh, that's why my voice sounds so uh, vibrant and lively. Um, but the scenery is absolutely ran up the Colorado River for, you know, a couple of, like an hour. And now we're just looking at the snow. I assume these are the Rockies. These might be like a cover band of the Rockies. I don't know. But it's a, a lot of beautiful snow-covered mountains that uh, my train has been running, running past. So um, I know it's not for everybody. And I know part of the reason I'm even doing this is is partly a fear of flying, uh, but I always wanted to do the cross-country train trip, and now I'm in the midst of the return trip, and it has been uh, almost entirely beautiful and worth it for me. Uh, now, on my Chicago to L.A. portion of the trip, when I recorded uh, a podcast two weeks ago, it was uh, it was lovely and really smell-free. I feel like in our car of sleeping cars, there is a one, there's one bathroom on our level and then three bathrooms on the lower level. Now, I would go down to the lower level to use the bathroom most of the time. And those were sort of unused bathrooms, so I felt, uh, I felt it was a safe space for, uh, for the bodily functions. 
Well, the group apparently coming from Northern California to Chicago when I got on uh, uh, part, part of the way into the trip, apparently they don't have the same uh, etiquette uh, as my passengers going westbound because it has, uh, there have been waves of funk floating through. So I got to be honest, guys, I don't want to pretend like this is all uh, murder on the Orient Express luxury. Um, but sometimes it is dependent on the fellow travelers, and apparently we have a literally shitty bunch uh, riding back east and not even understanding that they should just go downstairs to where there's fewer rooms and more bathrooms. No, instead, they don't want to take the little trip down the stairs, so they keep functifying. Uh, like when I took my first piss on the train when I woke up, the stainless steel toilet uh, skid marks. So that's not, I mean, maybe that's the episode title, Skid Marks. Um, but, uh, you know, and then I did uh, the childish thing, which was use my powerful urine stream to melt the skid marks like a hero on a quest. To So the person coming in after me would be like, well, this bathroom seems spotless. I guess that's the way it's always been. And I'm not looking to take credit. Obviously, if uh, one of the... 800 listeners of this podcast happens to be one of the passengers in my train car, well then they'll know soon enough that it, that somebody stands watch, okay? These things don't just happen. Sometimes your fellow citizens do the wrong thing and leave brown skid marks all over the stainless steel toilet. And then a hero arises at 6 a.m. with a bladder full of vitamin water and saunters like a, like a monster into the bathroom and uses his urine stream like a laser of justice to keep things better for you. So while you sleep, think of this in Jack Nicholson, a few good men voice, you need me on that stainless steel toilet. <laughs> because in places you don't talk about at birthday parties, you need me pissing in that toilet. You want me pissing in that toilet. So... I think that actually turned out to be very funny, what I just said, so I'm very happy about that. Now, um, this won't be a super long podcast, but I just, uh, if you can hear train effects, by the way, I have a door that is working beautifully, so there won't be any clicky clacks like two weeks ago when my door just kept opening, and it was a real test to see uh, how enraged I would get, and it didn't reach the 10, the 10 clickety-clack threshold, but my door on this train, what it doesn't make up in smell-proofing, it makes up in tamper-proofing. Oh, and somebody's having a conversation out there, and who knows, maybe they're the skid marks, maybe they're the people just living under a skid mark-free toilet because of my commitment to health, safety, and justice. But... Um, I am now at the, uh, the trip that the, the gigs have ended. Um, I want to thank everybody who came out, who listens to this show. Hopefully plenty of you do listen to this show, but, uh, it started with Chicago, which I thought was a very good set, but it was still, I, I would say the, the, not the roughest in terms of, it, I would give it an A minus. And that was just because it was me getting started to quote Pacino in Scent of Woman. I'm just getting warmed up. Then, uh, the show in San Jose, was was great the shows in la were i mean the blogs i'm not going through all this because i've spent plenty of time writing recap blogs that i think are funny and informative so if you're a fan please please read the blog um each gig gets its own recap uh so you get the travel adventure and the, and the and the gig recap so i think they, they've all been really fun and funny 
but um, LA shows were, were absolutely uh, blistering hot. Uh, I was I was feeling like locked in now, um, which is a place I never get to really be because my gigs have been so inconsistent that most of the work and the stand-up people have seen and enjoyed has really been the product of, uh, you know, I've, I've said it, um, my com- comedy career has been like one of those 1940s baseball players. It's like he was an eight-time all-star, but because he only got paid $9 a season, he had to be a milkman in the off-season and couldn't train. Imagine if he had had modern-day conveniences in training, how great he would have been. That's sort of what my comedy career has been like the whole time. Ah, but, uh, only able to stitch together albums with like nine feature sets and a day job. He still managed to be one of the funniest motherfuckers on the planet. Um, so by LA, I was clicking. And by the time I got to Salt Lake City, and that blog recap will be written in a Pittsburgh Starbucks from 5.30 a.m. when they open till 7 a.m. when I have to leave to get back on my train to go from Pittsburgh to Newark. Uh, the last leg of this epic journey. Uh, I will write that recap in that Starbucks so you have the most up-to-date information about how my travels are going. So, uh, assuming the train in uh, f- from Pittsburgh to Newark doesn't end up being in a terrorist attack or uh, something hilarious happens or an agent sits down next to me in the business class and says, aren't you that guy? I'd like to sign you and make you a star. You can assume that the adventure has basically ended as I enter the home stretch watching shows and reading books on the way to Newark. So anyway, uh, Salt Lake City show was an absolute masterpiece, plain and simple. Uh, the trip to Utah, the only reason it wasn't the greatest trip of my life is because I was there. Um, and I say that with sympathy for the righteous girlfriend who flew to Vegas, met me in Vegas, and then drove me like a bat out of hell to uh, to Salt Lake City for... Golden State, Utah, which they won, which the Jazz won, and then I did a funny TikTok video that's on Instagram and Twitter also of me um, doing like a pretty woman-themed shopping spree in the team store. Uh, so I was really, a, and then I, um, and then I had a an amazing show. I, I can't, I, I just, I can't sugarcoat it. I was fucking on fire. And the cool thing about it is, I'm gonna release on YouTube probably this week something called the Utah Jazz Comedy Special because I had so much Utah Jazz-specific material about my upbringing, why I became a jazz fan, all the way up until when an ex-girlfriend dressed in a game jazz jersey to greet me on Christmas Day, a la Mariah Carey, um, uh, wearing the Jordan dress at the All-Star Game many years ago, that... I can't really do that material anywhere else other than maybe like an NBA convention. So I'm just going to put that out and hope that my Utah fans will share it far and wide. But it was the set aside from that was an A, A plus. And that just took it to the next level because it was just, it was, I joked with the crowd that I was like an, the ugly duckling basketball version where it's like, I'm weird. I wear big purple jackets and LA gear sneakers. Cause Carl Malone was my favorite player. And uh, it was weird, and then I arrive in Utah, and everybody likes the same basketball things as me. I'm not weird. Uh, the people of Utah are are truly kind. Um, this uh, a guy who who ran a very big Utah Jazz sort of ESPN affiliated blog, uh, Sp- Spencer Hall, uh, went out to dinner with his uh, his his lady and my lady, and uh, super nice guy looked like a boy band Tim Tebow is what I called him so as you can imagine pretty handsome guy but that seems to be like there seems to be a lot of just health and wealth 
flowing through the the, the Mormon the, the the at least the 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 part we see not the big love part that's living on weird compounds but um yeah so it was great i mean i've been following we've been following each other since like oh nine um when i got on twitter because he was like a very prominent sort of jazz twitter account so that was great i met i met nice people um there was a gun convention um nearby this is all stuff i will put in the blog uh, you know we we toured some of the mormon sort of downtown facilities that were open to the public a nice architecture greeted by many nice young mormon women who um one of them was like actually smoking hot and i thought maybe let her do a lot of the talking if this is like a pathway to conversion i joked on stage that i was like telling my girlfriend like uh, i'm actually kind of curious about this faith i know i go to church every sunday but um you know, uh, it, she looks, um, promising, uh, and, um, but they were really, everybody was really, like, everybody was really nice, uh, we had some good, good local food, my righteous girlfriend refused to let me go to the Cheesecake Factory, both for, for calories and for, we can go to the fucking Cheesecake Factory anytime, reasons, <laughs> But uh, it was an amazing trip, and the only, like I said, the only real flaw in the trip... Oh, and then we went to a second jazz game where I had eighth row seats center court. Um, check out my Instagram if you want the pics. But I'll probably put the pics in the blog as well, but that won't be up till Monday. Um, and the jazz won again, so they're now 3-0 and lifetime when I attend a show. Um, it was as perfect a trip um, as could be if I was a happy person. But uh, as you guys know... Um, from the bonus episode I posted a little over a week ago, I guess. Uh, the special is now, it's very Michael Corleone, just when I thought I was out, uh, they pulled me back in. Like, just when I thought I could breathe easy and, and feel like mission accomplished. Like, billions is a week from tomorrow. And then I have knee surgery, and I have no gigs lined up, and clubs, I'm having a hard time getting clubs to respond to my emails. And I talked, and I haven't made an official decision yet because there's one more question I need to ask of somebody. But I think I'm going to end up reshooting it after just talking it through with the person who who, who shot it. Um, I think I'm going to reshoot it. And I have new bits that I now can't put on YouTube because I think they can be integrated beautifully into the pre-existing material. And the one advantage to reshooting it is I can correct a couple of mistakes, I can tighten some things, and I can eliminate some things so that it is a straight hour of A-plus inferno. Fire is not enough to describe what this special is going to be, what half blackface will be. But it is still devastating to me. Um, you know, after this whole journey, I have no representation whatsoever. Um, I do have some people who have said they will reach out to people, but one of those people has already not had success with that. So once again, this, and I have gotten this from multiple people, so I'm not saying this as some sort of a grieved, light-skinned, uh, white-appearing person, but I have been told by multiple people that I am basically being sort of like what I have accomplished and my story. The irony here is I am being sort of to quote the sort of whitewashed by first appearances and first takes by people who go oh i've heard of him or oh he does this right and they're basically pigeon i've been pigeonholed by several people as white male trump guy now the trump guy thing i can deal with and that's a, that's 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 an issue i have to deal with of course because of uh that's how i got famous 
Now, I have made an effort uh, consistently to put out as many different impressions as possible. I think it was my third big Trump video that had like either a Pence or a J.B. Smoove impression in it because I was going to start moving other impressions into, uh, you know, my Twitter account, and my YouTube, so that people would, so at least a percentage of my fans would start to see that I was more than just Trump. If they, if they were there for impressions, they would get a variety. And if they were there for more than impressions, as, as many of the great fans who've shown up to the live shows have shown, they were there for more than that. And they've gotten, they've gotten great comedy. That's the thing. Like, I'm not bashful about saying that, but the shows I put on over the last couple of weeks were, were, were great. They're great for me superb for anybody but even great on my own uh confidence scale of thinking most of what i say is great they were great even when measured against my normal standard of what i think uh my my skill level is but you know that's why half blackface is sort of important if anybody ever fucking watches it and owns up to the message is that it's this oh the irony of not being person of color enough to get a realistic, I don't bitch about industry stuff, but it's it's more about stuff that's happened to me. Oh, we got an announcement, folks. We're going into oh, we're going into we're going into a canyon, folks. I might have to take some photos. There might be like a quasi photo break. Yep, yep. Ungrateful listeners. So, what I was going to say, if this guy would just shut the fuck up, we get it. We're going to the canyon. We're going to another. Maybe Lauren Bobert will be here. Hey guys, this is a fresh air stop. But you know how much I care. Do you know how much I care about this podcast audience? I'm not taking a fresh air break. I'm going to continue to breathe in this fecal smell. And uh, because the podcast matters, All half black podcasts matter. Okay. Okay, guy. Good. You hear this guy? Do you hear this shit? Oh, he's got a. He just made a joke about passengers disappearing. Okay, okay. Um, um, and not in like a Southwest Airlines cheesy way, but in like a real, a real solid joke way. He's like, it's a short break, so sometimes we have people go across the street and never see them again. Now, obviously, that means maybe back in the day, uh, Ted Bundy murdered some of them, but but still funny. Um, so the point is, I am being sort of the irony of having to tell my story about being biracial and how fitting it is that I am not being seen as biracial and being written off because they don't read their emails or listen to the stories I tell or observe my material or know anything about me despite putting out, you know, I can't put out tweets every day that say, uh, speaking as a half Haitian, half Irish person, it's not, it's, but if you pay attention to any of my comedy, which a lot of people don't, a lot of quote unquote fans don't even, um, but but when I have people emailing people they know spelling out my background and it still gets ignored, it's like they only see the Italian face and the Trump impression and say, moving on, which I can't imagine you're very good at your job if you're that lazy. Oh, great. Now a lady's talking. You hear this? Oh, I'm about to get... Well... Well, first come, first serve. Well... I already joined the solo 120 mile per hour club this morning, so I guess I'm 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 up for lunch, folks. That's a vulgar joke, and it's not true. I would never spoil the sanctity of an Amtrak car with masturbatory fluids. I mean, did you not hear me earlier in this episode? I'm the opposite of that guy. 
I'm the guy using urine to purify the Amtrak car. So I would not do what I just jokingly suggested. But the point is, folks, I was relaxed as much as I could be, but I was very testy. And the, the, um, the ever-patient victim of my constant anxiety and tension now is the righteous girlfriend. I snap and get mad. Not physically, guys, relax. But just I'm, I'm, I'm more assholey than I've ever been before, and I hate it because she is somebody of great patience and great kindness and which is why she's probably still with me but i it is like overwhelming me the the special the failure that it was not mine of this special is really overwhelming me because it is like i have to relive this again and it was hard enough i couldn't get enough gigs to warm up and yet i still did shut the fuck up dude i was able to still get enough gigs to just run through enough of the material but then there were bits that i had never done the, the, the title track of the bit was never done until the show. That is risky. I don't recommend it to any young comics, but I fucking did it, and I nailed it. Now, I can improve on that, but I also pulled off a goddamn miracle on October 23rd, and now I have to do that again, and I have to go through the indignity of not getting enough gigs again. Like, I have to contact anybody who can maybe give me a gig, and then I have to endure that again. And I know I complain a lot on this show, but it's like, the release of this tour was supposed to be, as you know, I didn't know the special was fucked up until, a, uh, what was it, a week ago? Less than a week ago? What the fuck's got, uh, uh, less, than a, uh, less than a week ago. I thought I had a special in the can and the only problem was going to be selling it, but I was already mentally preparing myself for not selling it, you know? But I was not prepared for it not existing, like not being able to put it out at all and having to redo it. And, you know, as much as I've joked about the incredible baffling turn that my career took when for six months in human history, people decided that lip syncing was the best form of comedy and now they don't anymore, but they thought it for exactly the moment that my career was on the rise. This is actually more hurtful because I actually kind of was tense. I was worried about it and then I did it. And then I was told everything was safe and the footage was good. So I never even, I never entertained that this could have been fucked up. And so I have to do it again. And that means going into the process of hoping my, first of all, hoping my knee surgery is a two week recovery and not a six week recovery. Cause that will certainly fuck things up. I'd like to re-record around my birthday, which would be end of April, but I don't know if the venue will be available. I might not be able to re-record this till later or they'll get me another venue, um, that I'm not familiar with. But I also have to get gigs to warm up. And that means emailing clubs, emailing showbookers, emailing local showbookers. And, you know, despite what I've accomplished and what I've done and how good I am, getting a lot of no, no replies, getting a lot of can't book you, getting a lot of, oh, we don't have anything for you, getting a ton of those and having to endure that again. Because this special was going to be one of two things. It was going to be the thing that was finally so great that it elevated me to where I should be. Or is going to be the thing I said is so great and it's still unnoticed. So now it's time for me to quit comedy. And I don't say that in my usual macabre sense. It, this was it. This was the this was the ninth inning of this phase of my career, and I was in it. If, as long as I'm playing, I am in it, giving it a hundred percent. But I was prepared for that to be my last at bat. Um, 
and I felt like I hit a walk-off home run and that the league said, actually, uh, we found out that ball was scuffed, so the game result actually doesn't count anymore. Oh, for Christ's sake. It's like this guy doesn't give a flying fuck about my great comedy stories. Jesus. You'd think they'd show some respect for a guy. You'd think I would get more respect for a guy who cleaned the toilet with my pure, powerful urine. But, oh well. He's just going to keep talking. Unbelievable, folks. Unbelievable. Not afraid of ruining my podcast. Hey, that's the first time I let somebody else be Ron Reagan Jr. Like, that wasn't from my perspective. How about that? But the, um, like I said, it's as if they said the game didn't count and I have to redo it. But I've been, like, I've been in the off season. So now it's like, okay, so you're telling me I have two to four months to my gym is closed, but I have to continue training and get back into World Series shape and try to hit another home run. So that was affecting my mood over the trip. And it, it and it's almost one of those things that when I become aware of what a dick I am, it makes me even madder and sadder because I'm going, I'm amidst the beautiful mountains of Utah with my girlfriend, eating nice food, going to my favorite basketball team's games, having a great show, fans coming out to see me. I sold out of my merch on the road trip. I took a good chunk of merch, and thanks to, no thanks to San Jose, where uh, I had one buyer and one one theft. But Chicago, L.A., and Salt Lake bought the shit out of my merch, so thank you uh, for that. But I still couldn't get it. Like, by my second night there, the last night of good sleep I was going to get before getting on this trip... Uh, I woke up early, and I was like completely agitated, and it was all about the special, and that sucks, because I'm going to do it again, and I'm probably going to be insufferable again, because cause it's that good, and I now have to do it again, and I'm so mad at that. I am so deeply angry, because I put so much into that. Not just effort-wise and not just my talent. Psychologically, I was like, it was so good. Like, like I've said this before when I recorded it. Oh, for fuck's sakes, we get it. We're arriving, we're arriving, we're arriving, we're arriving, we're arriving, we're arriving, we're arriving. Thank you. You step off. She said we can step off the train. You know what? And back in my day, I would tell her to step off. Metaphorically. Oh, it's a big step down. I should actually get off the train just to do like the WWF wrestler, like, walking over the top rope kind of kind of i'm too big y'all are little anyway safety 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 yes 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 i'm trying to do a podcast here folks you know in the dulcet soft oh now they're having a conversation you hear this do you hear this now they're having a conversation this isn't even for us now they're just like i'm just talking over the speaker we hey obviously not righteous brick fans unbelievable well she well, they all said thank you, so they're at least well-mannered, except about my podcast. Anyway, guys, hi. Not afraid of being enraged at the kind Amtrak workers. Uh, also, a series of videos going up on YouTube and uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, so hopefully you're subscribed to at least two, if not th- all three of those platforms for me. Um, just, you know, various Don Jr., Mike Pence, Donald Trump. Uh, not, to, not to toot my own horn, which I never stop doing. Um... But I had a 20-minute break in Grand Junction, Colorado. I got off, walked four blocks, stumbled upon a 
broken down trophy store. So I did a video as Trump talking about how under Sleepy Joe we can't have trophies anymore. Hilarious video. Dogs were barking. So I said, look at that. We have dogs barking like dogs. Great impromptu stuff. Then across the street, I shit you not, was a lube station. So you can imagine which impression I did in front of the lube station. And then I did a Don Jr. video uh, asking for more drugs because the snowy Rocky Mountains were inspiring him and reminding him he didn't have drugs. I did all three of those videos in less than 20 minutes on a, tr on, a on an impromptu rest stop where I had no idea where I was. So anyway, that you guys already believe in me, but you know sometimes I just have to keep talking shit about myself in a good way, like I'm Kanye. Anywho. Um, have to redo the thing. And my biggest regret is just that I'm, I, I probably apologized to my girlfriend like seven times in four days, not because I did anything too bad, but it, it's that I couldn't be totally pleasant and in the moment. So, you know, if something goes wrong and you're, you're cursed. You're not even if I'm cursing at her, but just going, Oh, what the fuck? This is fucking bullshit. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And it's like, what happened? Your hotel key card didn't work on vacation and you're losing your mind. So, it's things like that, that, you know, this is what comedy has done to me. And I feel like the, the right thing to do after this is quit comedy. And I say that because it's like, it's not just about my happiness. It's also about being miserable to the people you care about, especially in times when you shouldn't be miserable. And, you know, I'm going to try and I'm going to enjoy billions. I hope, I hope I did well. I hope people like the scenes I'm in. If they don't, it's okay. I'm not an actor anyway, but if they do great. Uh, and then, you know, we just see what's up, but, uh, I wish I could have been even happy. I was happy on this trip. I was just in awe of the natural beauty of Utah. I lost a little money in Vegas, but not enough to piss me off. And the righteous girlfriend has, uh, uh, ended out, uh, ended up being uh, like plus 205 bucks, uh, for the one day night we were in Vegas. So that was cool. Um, once again, just read the, read the recaps. Uh, I won't get into that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I'm a hero on Amtrak for cleaning the bathroom with my righteous urine, but, you know, I am not, no surprise to the listeners of this show, but just, it's, it's, this, this trip was, was what I wanted it to be, to be honest. Would I have liked a few more fans to show up? Sure. But whatever. I know where I'm at now. I've, I know where my fans are. I know how enthusiastic they are in terms of ticket sales. And so that means I need a new lane to exploit and obviously becoming a great well-known stand-up comedian would be the best and easiest way to guarantee that I'd sell tickets to stand-up comedy fans but that depends on the special and that depends if I'm being taken for a ride um, by by somebody and I don't I don't know if I am or not um, and I'm, I hate being in a position of desperation where I'm willing to trust people in a business that I have never trusted and never tr not trusting people in this business is the one thing that has, oh, that has consistently served me well. Owning my own stuff, believing that most people are full of shit and that most comics are just ugly actors. They're, they're, the, they're the cliche actors in terms of how they kiss your ass and they ask for things, but most of them, not all, but most of them are, are just actors who aren't pretty or handsome enough to be actors or actresses but they have that same cliched ambition and self-serving nature and being cynical and skeptical of the comedy business and the comedy community uh, may have made me a little bit of an isolated person, but it has also served me well. Um, and because if I didn't do those things, I think all I would be right now is a guy who uh, didn't 
I'd be a guy who would be in the same position, but maybe, maybe just feel slightly better about myself because maybe I'd have three or four more comedy friends. And I think it's telling. I joked on ESPN radio yesterday. I was a guest on a show on, on Utah ESPN radio, um, for an hour that, uh, you can find it in my tweets, but I joked that, um, most of my friends, most of my good friends from comedy quit comedy or faded out of it because they were the type of people I like. And they were either uh, wanted a quality of life or family or do things like that. And they ended up being the type of people where you're like, oh, this, is, this isn't for you. And you have the kind of character and desires for other things that you're not going to do what I did and just keep desperately grinding, thinking that talent will lead the way. So it, I think it's it's very telling that most of my good friends in comedy are people who um, exceptions, of course, folks, this is not a blanket statement, but a lot of them faded out of comedy. I remember I once saw this guy, he follows me on Instagram, but he was a really nice guy. And he was just, you know, early in my career, he was one of those guys who you'd see at mics and stuff. Uh, Chris was his first name. And I remember I saw him, I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. And then I saw him, I don't know when, 2012, let's say 2013, maybe 2014, maybe somewhere in that range. And he looked great. It wasn't that he looked bad in comedy. Oh, for Christ's sakes. He was... We're just getting seating instructions, guys. Okay. So, the point is... Three hours till the next stop. It is a beautiful ride. He's right. I don't know if you can hear him on this mic, but these people love talking. It's unbelievable. Maybe this is their Amtrak podcast. Maybe I'm interrupting the podcast. Okay. You done, guy? Okay. So, um, I saw him a couple years later, and I just remember saying, you look great. Oh, I see the... They, they have... So they have working doors on this train because they don't want anything to interrupt their interruptions. Now I see how it works. But the point is, I saw this guy, Chris, and I, I said to him, you look great. And it wasn't that he had, like, it didn't look like he had lost a ton of weight or anything, but he had, like, a healthy vibrancy to him. And I've always, I've always remembered that. And we kind of joked. He was like, yeah, no, I quit comedy, like, a year, a year and a half ago or whatever he said to me. And I was like, oh, well, it suits you. Um, and I always thought to myself, I was like, is that... Would I be healthier and happier if I had quit comedy years ago? And so we go through this dance, you and I, listener and podcaster, too often. And hopefully I lured you in with that urine comedy to start the podcast. But it is, um, it really, it, it really made me sad that I had a really nice time, but it could have been even nicer without comedy. And that's just a fact. It would have. It would have been so much better without comedy. Now that doesn't mean I don't enjoy comedy, and the the, the shows were amazing. But shows are shows, and I had a great time meeting fans, delivering delivering the goods. But at the end of the day, if the person who's on vacation with you is not having as good a time as she should or your family is worried about you because your mood is always sour and it's always somehow comedy-related, 
that's when you really have to take a step back. All the other bullshit aside. If they don't give me gigs, they don't give me that. All that is all that sucks. But those are still just part of the journey. And if you're if you're if if you're not able to make yourself happy, or even worse, you're making some of those people around you less happy than they should be. My girlfriend had a fine vacation time with me. And obviously some of that, you know, she hadn't seen me in two weeks, and I'll see Cookie on Monday, which will be awesome. But a wonderful vacation should not be fucked with. And it was because I couldn't get my mind away from what the fuck had happened with that special, and I still can't. And it's like part of me is tempted to go, you know what, fuck it. Don't even release that. I'm done. Because I, because that finality might help me, but I won't do that. We both know, listener and podcaster, we both know I will not be doing that. Um, but you know, when I get back to um, uh, this trip, this trip is like maybe the last solace I'll have for a while. Um, and I mean, this train trip. Um, and when I'm done talking about this on the podcast, I'm not going to talk about comedy for the next 48 hours. And I'm going to watch The White Lotus and The Peacemaker on my tablet. Downloaded all those episodes. And then I will finish my Clint Smith book and hopefully get on to my next book, maybe on the way back from Pittsburgh. And I will. But you guys, uh, you know how this is. I, I either lure you in with jokes or a sad story and uh, save it with jokes or kill it with a sad story. That's the real, that's the flow of the Righteous Prick podcast. Not afraid of making people happy and upset in a half hour. So, now it's time for me to have lunch. But, um, yeah, that's what's going on. I mean, that, that is unfortunately and uh, that is unfortunately going to dominate. Um, you know, uh, truth be told, because I know I don't think he listens to this podcast, which speaks volumes of, of the relationships I've built in this comedy world where I am more likely to be used than than supported, but... Like, I want to quit making podcasts great again, and don't put this shit out on Twitter. If you do, I'll fucking block you. But I just wanted to keep going with keep my uh, making podcasts great again. I didn't even want to continue it into 2020. I, I thought I would end it last year, but it's, it's, it's some decent money we make. I'm still able to make funny episodes, so at least I'm not... At least it's not selling out in terms of like um, I'm I'm going through the motions. If I'm going to do it, like I said, if I'm going to do something in comedy, I'm going to keep doing it until it's over. But I really just wanted to, I wanted the special to be out this month and then quit. Like just get a message out to all the listeners to support the the special, and then quit. Even if I don't quit comedy, it's like it's it's you know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go too into it, but I'm. I am very. Let's just put it this way. Very tired of doing, of 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 using my reach and fan base to support a show like that, um, where I don't feel it's the. I feel like. Let's just say I feel like I put in more than I get out of that show. And then I'll leave it at that. But now I, I can't quit it yet. The special's not coming out this month. I don't know when the fuck it's going to come out. But because I don't trust a lot of my fans to engage and listen to me when I say sign up for my newsletter or do this, I think I have fans who the only thing they they consume is, is the Trump stuff. And that's fine. This is not an indictment of them. 
but if I need support for the mouse, the wireless mouse just fell, so this is fun. Uh, if I need support for something I'm doing, I have to kind of reach everybody where they want to be reached because, you know, less than, less than, I think less than 0.7% of my social media following, I think it's less than half a percent actually of my social media following subscribes to my monthly newsletter. Um, so every show I do, I have people either showing up at the last minute going, I didn't know you were in Utah. And I'm like, but they showed up, but like a lot of people say, I didn't know you were here. And I'm like, I have two podcasts, a newsletter, a blog, and I'm on every social media platform. But if you don't want to sign up for anything other than the one thing, if you actually care, then you got to, you know, whatever I'm fucking bitching. The point is I need to keep doing a podcast. I don't want to do anymore because I don't trust people who are quote unquote fans of mine to actually do anything but the minimum they want. But yet they will claim fans and be sad if they don't know that something came out or where I am. I had somebody the other day say, I'm, I'm a fan. Oh, they're huge fans. And they're like, are you Italian? And I was like, you cannot be fucking serious. You cannot be a big fan of mine and ask if I'm Italian. And then I said, I'm not Italian. Question, French? You don't have to answer. Then why ask, right? Why ask? So I said, half Haitian, half Irish. It's, it's sort of littered throughout my comedy material. And, but of course, then I'm being a dick right now, but that was a person who was really only into the, you know, the Trump stuff, which is fine. Like I said, but at some point this becomes really useless to me. Like I, I managed to develop a fan base that is not conducive to my future in comedy. Like my fan base is like morphine. Like I'm ter my comedy career is terminally ill, but they're making me feel better as I fade away to an eternal, as my career fades away to an, it's eternal resting place. So it's like, yes, just pump him up with Twitter compliments uh, and watching the unmonetized videos that will at least make him feel a little dopamine surge or whatever. And he'll fade away. His career will end, but it will end with him smiling. Um, if you get my drift. So as my voice continues to get more hoarse and dark and morose, I think that's enough for this week. Um, but the point is, I can't, you guys can probably imagine, um, maybe I'm the type of personality who's always looking for the next challenge or fight or thing to complain about, but my God, these shows were great and the, 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 the travel was beautiful and I got to see the jazz win twice. There was, there was the, but I, I, I just couldn't fully let go of how devastated I was at what happened to that fucking special. I, I, I don't, I, I think, I think if I fucking make the special again and it sells to Netflix, I will still be annoyed. I hate to admit, I hate to say, I think I will still be because it will be in, it will just be a reminder that even when I was at my best, I would, for whatever reason, God or the comedy world or the comedy industry just couldn't put me in a position to succeed when I should have succeeded. And I had to do it again. I had to do it all over again when I was good enough the first time. Like when the kids in Stand and Deliver had to take the calculus exam again because they were accused of cheating. And they, half of them still went on and got fives in AP calculus. I got a three in AP calculus. I would have been one of the sad ones in the episode. Jaime Escalante would have been very upset with me. He would have been like, ooh, you're supposed to get a four or five. You got a three. 
So, um, stand and deliver, shout out, folks. Who thought I'd be busting out a horrible James Edward, Edward James Olmos impression from 1987? But there it was. So anyway, um, I'm going to go back to watching the scenery, and I'm going to go get some lunch on this train and continue. And then block out comedy. So, as always, I hope you laughed in the first ten minutes of this, but you knew. You knew it had to take a left turn at some point. But, uh, fuck you, dude. All I can say is the special is in a career of disappointments and shocks. The fucked up special is, is the greatest, the greatest nightmare of my entire career. So I just have to wake up from it and get over it and do what I do. And, and, you know, I will fuck off, dude. God, this guy's fucking, he's worse than the fucking door. This guy's acting like he gets a commission off of sales. Just say the cafe's open, dude. It's got it's food and beverage, right? It's it's food and beverage, okay? Unless you get a commission, just say cafe's open. Go get something to fucking eat and drink. You, you, you fart, you fart machines on the second level of the train. Anyway, guys, that's me getting mad at strangers for no reason. Um, but I have nothing else to report. That's the fun thing, right? I have no gigs. I couldn't line up any more gigs, and I have surgery, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the future holds, but I have billions on February 20th, and so you may not hear from me. Actually, you probably, yeah, you probably won't hear from me in this voice um, until after the episode, so I hope if you guys are watching Showtime, you enjoy it. But if, if I suck, you don't have to say anything. Um, and if I'm good, you don't have to say anything. But if you watch, and you, you, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this except more disappointment. So I hope it's good. I hope it leads to good things for me. It probably won't. But the special... The special is just... Just just there. It's just... It, God, I, I can't... I, 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 I hope I get over it. I hope I am able to get over it. But I feel like if I if I nail the special again, like if I do it and it's even better, because I'll add a couple of new bits and take out some stuff and tighten some stuff, I feel like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna want to be like fuck you to the world and to the people who make this and the people who pitch it. Be like fuck you for for making me have to do this again. I don't give a fuck if it was great. I should have never been in this position. I should have never had to have fucking ruined my first vacation in two years or three years. And I didn't ruin it, but it was not as good as it should have been. Because my mind was, was, was preoccupied with something that shouldn't that should have been settled. So, that said, if and when I refilm this, probably shouldn't have an after party. Because I think I'll just be punching a wall saying, fuck you, I did it. I'll fucking kill you if you make me do this again. <laughs> and that's just not a good, like, after party vibe. So, okay. Thank you for letting me get this off my chest. Train, podcast, done time to get to some reading and some movie watching uh, show watching and uh go down to that cafe and tell that guy to shut the fuck up so thank you everybody for listening i hope you enjoyed well enjoy is always a tricky word with the righteous brick podcast i hope you found this engaging and interesting if not enjoyable but you and i know i'm gonna i don't want to expend all the sympathy you have for me over the special so this will be the last time I, th I will make a conscious effort not to discuss the special again until I have concrete plans for where and when the refilming will be. Um, so, thank you for listening. If you were at the shows in Chicago, 
San Jose, uh, L.A. or 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 Jordan Landing or West Jordan. Technically, Jordan Landing is like the shopping mall. West Jordan is the town in Utah, just out of Salt Lake City. Thank you very much. Um, you you along with the Utah Jazz and the Righteous Girlfriend were the clear highlights of this trip. Um, and I can say unequivocally that when I was on stage. Uh, no angry thoughts entered my mind. So thank you. You were part of that, a big part of that. So if you came out to those shows, uh, I deeply appreciate it. And like I said, this week I'll be putting out, I think it was probably 20 minutes of my set. So it'll be, it's a joke. It's not actually a special. It's a one camera shoot uh, of, of Utah jazz material. But um, yeah, I'm going to put that out sometime this week on YouTube. So hopefully if you are a Utah fan, uh, you can get it to Mitt Romney and the governor and uh, Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder and every other human being with internet access in Utah and make it a moneymaker for me. Because um, there's nobody out there doing 20 minutes of deep dive Utah jazz themed comedy. So, uh, And for anybody who's a real Hoops fan, I think you'll enjoy it as well. Um, so I guess that's it. I think that's it. I wanted to say something else, but that's it. Um, be sure to check out the blogs, the recap blogs um, that I've been posting. And the, like I said, the Salt Lake City one uh, will be up um, sometime Monday, probably Monday morning, because I'll be in that Starbucks with nothing to do except drink coffee, eat croissants, and blog like a motherfucker. And, if you, and guess what? If their toilet hasn't been cleaned properly, my urine of justice will do the job for them. So on that pleasant, purifying note, thank you for listening. I hope you're well. I hope this didn't bring you down too much, and I will see you next Tuesday. Dropped, and by the way, I dropped the wireless mouse, so I have to finger the finger pad, the mouse pad on the computer, and now we're done.